Hello and welcome to a research top tips from Myelopathy Matters supporting AO Spine Recode DCM. In this mini-series, we are asking leading experts about core research concepts, such as how to design clinical trials and how to balance an academic and clinical career. In today's episode, we hear from spine surgeon Dr. Brian Kwan on his approach to winning grant funding. My name is Dr. Benjamin Davies, neurosurgeon scientist and founder of myelopathy.org, and this is Research Top Tips from Myelopathy Matters. So welcome to this mini-series from Myelopathy Matters, supporting AO Spine Recode DCM. As is covered in our previous episodes, AO Spine Recode DCM is an international multi-stakeholder consensus project, bringing people working and living with DCM together to identify the critical unanswered questions. Identifying the right question is a key starting point for research, but there are many additional challenges researchers will need to overcome if these questions are to be answered. One of those challenges is, of course, securing research funding. And I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Brian Kwan, a professor of orthopaedic surgery at the University of British Columbia, where he runs a translational research group focused on spinal cord injury. He's also the chair of the AO Spine Spinal Cord Injury Knowledge Forum, which has been leading the AO Spine Recode DCM process. I started by asking him about his perspectives on securing funding for research, particular in relation to early stage researchers. I think that this uh, remains one of the fundamental uh, challenges that, unfortunately, I think our, our biomedical training often doesn't prepare us for, uh, because when we're doing our training and we're doing research as uh, graduate students or residents or medical students, we don't actually see the fact that it actually costs a lot of money to execute these studies. Mm -hmm. So let's pick that apart a little bit. Where can researchers in general look and find funding? Well, I think that this does require some uh, creativity and proactivity to uh, look at what funding agencies are available locally. And I think for young researchers in particular, I always think that there are resources that um, are uh, hidden sometimes in the weeds around small institutional programs that in particular fund startup grants, uh, seed grants. And I think that this is one of the areas where if young researchers can seek those these types of what we call often low-hanging fruit within their own institutions, they can get started with their idea and leverage these small grants into larger, more uh, definitive research grants for, for studies. One of the areas that has funded a lot of innovation in spine surgery, less so in myelopathy, but also in other conditions has been the involvement of industry in that relationship with academia. Is that something that you've, that you've engaged with? I have done some industry-funded research, and I don't necessarily think that there's a uh, something inherently wrong with doing industry-funded research uh, or engaging industry to help fund research. I think that in at at the end of the day, one needs to have a good sense of what it is that they really want to accomplish. And I think that if the 
goals of the research program are actually well aligned with the goals of of an industry uh, entity, then in fact, that can actually be a very effective way to uh, to get research funded and then uh, accomplished. While people oftentimes have this sort of knee-jerk reaction to this idea that, well, if you do any industry-funded research, it's, uh, it's going to be super biased. I, I haven't actually found that in my experience. I found that uh, people in industry really want to know what is the actual true result to the research question. How do you bring industry in, in, into a research field? Is it a question of serendipity or something that, that needs to be cultivated? I think developing relationships with industry really have a lot to do with alignment. Um, I think as a young individual, if you felt that you wanted to just do industry-funded research because it was easy to get funding for it, then you would probably never establish a really independent research career. I think that those circumstances where really you can, again, align the goals of the research, um, then I think that uh, those relationships can be uh, you know, hugely beneficial. I guess the important area to discuss next is is obviously how you put together these bids for, for funding, whether it be those small seed starter grants or, or larger program grants. What do you think are the most important ingredients uh, for a successful research grant? Well, I think that... Uh, People that are at a funding level fundamentally want to see that, number one, the problem that's being addressed is important, and number two, that the team proposing it actually has a feasible shot of addressing it. And I think those are really the two key elements to the grant application. So for the first aspect, I think many people overlook the fact that the people reviewing the grants don't necessarily have the same background as you do when you write them. And so it's easy to take for granted the challenge of actually articulating why this is such an important problem. Um, so I always feel like that's a, an area where when you're writing a grant, you have to really feel like, would this be a compelling problem to somebody that doesn't necessarily reside in the field? And then the second thing is to really show, yes, that you could do this. You could actually pull it off. And in this regard, you know, having some pilot data, I think, is really key um, because there's nothing that reassures, I think, a reviewer more than say, seeing that, oh, okay, well, this team has actually figured out how to collect this data. This team has already figured out how to analyze the kinds of things they're going to collect for this research question. Um, so I think in these two things, uh, this I always feel is the, the, the most important kind of element of the, uh, of the proposal. And you alluded at the beginning of the conversation that, that you know, perhaps the, the training as a, as a very young researcher doesn't really make you ready for this sort of stage as you try and transition and mature to some independent research. Is there anything that you, you know now that you didn't know then that you wish you had done? Well, I think that uh, the one perspective that I have now that I guess I didn't have early on was grant writing is really a process. It's okay to actually put something together with your idea and submit it and acknowledge that, you know what, it might not actually get funded, but that the review process will be very informative and that you can use for the resubmission of that grant. People will feel like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I've got a, you know, a really developed question or a really developed uh, idea. 
I think if you can force yourself to write the grant and get it in, you'll learn a lot. And that information is just so valuable for the resubmission of the grant a number of months down the road. When you're in it, you often think that it's sort of an all or none phenomenon. And that's how I felt early on. But now I know that obviously we'll put my best foot forward, but I also know that uh, at the end of the day, if we get rejected, that it's not the end of the world. And that so long as you use the criticism to improve the grant, you'll have a much better chance at uh, getting funded the next time around. And that's a very positive spin because obviously that, that rejection cycle can be quite disheartening. Devastating. And it's very, uh, you know, it's almost the worst thing for surgeons to do because surgeons like going into an operation and actually accomplishing something. Uh, we like to go in and, you know, get an x-ray and know that at the end of the day, we really accomplished something. Grant writing is the complete opposite. You spend weeks to months slaving away at a grant and you've got a 90% chance that it's actually not going to get funded. That's almost inherently like the complete contradiction to what most surgeons are actually like. So I think that that mindset is, uh, is very difficult and very different for surgeons, for sure. So a big thank you to my guest, Dr. Brian Kwan. You can find lots more information about AO Spine Recode DCM, including more top tips episodes and other resources to support your research at aospine.org forward slash recode. This episode was produced by Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. To stay abreast with the latest news in the field of DCM, why not subscribe to our Myelopathy Matters podcast on your favorite podcast app? Or if you have an experience or perspective you would like to share, please email me, ben at myelopathy.org. Until next time, goodbye.